Thank you for watching NTD Business coming up tonight. A federal court strikes down President Biden's student loan cancellation plan. But is it over yet? The White House vows to keep fighting. Twitter updates. New owner Elon Musk already warning employees that Twitter might not survive. Why? And we bring you the latest on collapsed crypto exchange FTX and the background story of the company. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us, Don Ma here. Today is Veterans Day. This is a chance to remember, salute, and show gratitude for those who have served in the armed forces. Veterans Day is commemorated every year on November 11th. This is the anniversary of the end of World War I more than a century ago. It began as Armistice Day, with President Woodrow Wilson signing the proclamation for it in 1919. And then in 1954, it became Veterans Day. It's different from Memorial Day, which honors those who have died serving in the military. The New York Stock Exchange observed a moment of silence to commemorate Veterans Day. And on Wall Street, stocks ended higher today, extending yesterday's rally. The Dow rose 32 points or one-tenth of a percent. S&P 500 gained 37 points or nine-tenths of a percent. And the Nasdaq is up 209 points or one and nine-tenths of a percent. Twitter's new paid blue checkmark system was suspended today with very little warning. It comes just two days after its official launch sparked a wave of accounts impersonating high-profile figures and organizations. Now, it's unclear when Twitter might restore it. The blue checkmark mark used to mean someone's identity had been verified under a free system. Recently, new owner Elon Musk launched a new subscription system, so the blue checkmark became a badge just for paid subscribers. Meanwhile, a separate new gray official badge returned late Thursday. The gray badges initially launched Wednesday as a way to identify legitimate celebrity and branded accounts, different from those with the blue checkmark who merely paid for it. Hours later, Musk tweeted that he had killed the feature. A Twitter spokeswoman clarified Wednesday that it's still alive. They're just focusing on government and business accounts to start with and saying that Musk meant they are not giving the label to individuals right now. And two weeks after buying Twitter, Musk is already warning employees about its survival. In a meeting with staff on Thursday, Musk warned employees that Twitter did not have the necessary cash to survive. He even mentioned the word bankruptcy. In response, Musk is ending remote work for all Twitter employees who are now expected to work in the office 40 hours a week. Musk has said Twitter was losing more than $4 million a day. And just last week, Twitter laid off about half of its employees. And FTX, one of the world's largest crypto exchanges, has filed for bankruptcy. And its CEO, Sam Bankman-Fried, is facing a mountain of problems. NTD's Sean Marshall has the latest. It took only about two to three days for cryptocurrency exchange FTX to go from a $32 billion valuation to bankruptcy as liquidity dried up when customers demanded withdrawals. FTX has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in the U.S., according to a company statement posted on Twitter. Along with that, FTX's CEO Sam Bankman-Fried is stepping down and has admitted he made mistakes, though not in those exact words. In addition, the Justice Department and two federal regulators are investigating FTX. They're looking into possible rule-breaking in connection with safeguards for consumer deposits and relationships with trading affiliates. 
On Tuesday, the world's largest crypto exchange, Binance, agreed to acquire FTX to bail them out and assist their customers. But just a bit over 24 hours later, Binance backed out of the deal after it looked into FTX's organization and books. Binance said on Wednesday, our hope was to be able to support FTX's customers to provide liquidity, but the issues are beyond our control or ability to help. The DOJ, U.S. authorities, and regulators in Europe have contacted crypto exchange Binance for information about its recent interactions with FTX. Sean Marshall, NTD News. Once valued at $32 billion, FTX was seen as one of the more stable players in the loosely regulated crypto industry. What happened? Here's a history of FTX since its foundation in 2019. In May 2019, former Wall Street trader Sam Bankman-Fried and ex-Google employee Gary Wong founded cryptocurrency exchange FTX. FTX supported its native token, FTT. July 2021, a $900 million funding round valued FTX at $18 billion. October 2021, FTX raised capital at a valuation of $25 billion from investors, including Singapore's Temasek and Tiger Global. January 2022, FTX raised $400 million from investors, including SoftBank at a valuation of $13 billion. August 2022, a U.S. bank regulator ordered FTX to halt false and misleading claims it had made about whether funds at the company were insured by the government. November 2, 2022, crypto news website Coindesk reported a leaked balance sheet. It showed Alameda Research was heavily dependent on FTX's native token, FTT. Alameda Research is Bankman-Fried's crypto trading firm. We couldn't independently verify the report. Based on what we appear to know, several things happened. The first problem is much of their balance sheet was in the very token they created, which no one really knew how much it was valued at. The second thing is more reports are coming out that it appears customer funds have gone missing. What that means is various different clients of FTX that trusted their money to the company have sought to withdraw that money and have been told they're unable to do it. November 6th, Binance CEO Changpeng Zhao said his firm would liquidate its holdings of FTT due to unspecified recent revelations. November 8th, FTT collapses by 72% as clients swamp the exchange with withdrawal requests. November 9th, Binance decided against pursuing a non-binding agreement to bail out FTX. A day later, FTX suspended onboarding of new clients and withdrawals until further notice. November 11th, the company announced it will initiate bankruptcy proceedings in the U.S. while its chief executive, Sam Bankman-Fried, resigned. President Biden announced new steps to limit methane emissions in the United States today. He's in Egypt for the U.N. Climate Summit COP27. Biden says environmental-based issues have been a long-time concern of his. Today, finally, thanks to the actions we've taken, I can stand here as President of the United States of America and say with confidence, the United States of America will meet our emissions targets by 2030. Biden's new plan sets a goal to trim methane emissions from the oil and gas sectors by 97 percent compared to 2005 levels. The updated rule will also say oil and gas companies must re respond to methane leaks reported by credible third parties. 
And according to the Associated Press, the latest regulations take aim at drilling sites, including smaller wells, which are rarely inspected for leaks. But oil and gas firms argue the amount of methane small wells produce is insignificant, and stringent rules could turn them unprofitable. There will be a public comment process before the new EPA rule is completed. And more trouble for President Biden's student debt cancellation plan. A federal judge in Texas has struck it down, calling it unconstitutional. But the Biden administration isn't giving up just yet. NTD's Jessica Beatty has the story. The Biden administration is appealing a judge's decision to strike down the student loan forgiveness plan. The White House press secretary said the administration strongly disagrees with the ruling. She said the Education Department will hold on to all the applications so they can be processed once the administration wins in court. Her statement came hours after federal court struck down Biden's student loan handout plan Thursday. The judge in Texas declared it illegal, saying it's something Congress has authority over, not the president. The judge said in this country, we're not ruled by an all-powerful executive with a pen and a phone. It's fundamental to the survival of our republic that the separation of powers as outlined in our Constitution be preserved. The decision is in response to a lawsuit filed by the Job Creators Network Foundation on behalf of two borrowers. The borrowers claimed they were harmed by Biden's executive overreach. They allege the administration was supposed to seek the public's input on the program before launching it. But the White House argues its plan is legal under the HEROES Act. It says the act grants the Department of Education authority to cancel so much debt because of the pandemic. The judge disagreed. Biden's plan aims to cancel up to $20,000 in student loan debt for certain borrowers. The Congressional Budget Office estimates the plan could cost more than $400 billion over the next 30 years. Biden's team says the plan helps bring relief to struggling Americans. But Republicans and other experts fear it could raise the national debt and put more strain on the economy. The debt cancellation plan had already been temporarily blocked by a U.S. appeals court. The White House has vowed to continue fighting. The Justice Department already announced it was appealing. Jessica Beatty, NTD News. Seems like Americans are feeling worse about the U.S. economy. That's according to the University of Michigan's Surveys of Consumers. Their preliminary index reading showed consumer sentiment fell to less than 55% this month. And for a comparison for you, it was nearly 60% in October. The survey also showed that consumers' inflation expectations Now, this is a key data point for the the Fed. It remained relatively unchanged for this year and five years out. The Fed is closely watching for shifts in consumer expectations because if consumers believe prices will remain high, that could factor into increased wage demands, which in turn could cause businesses to raise prices. And moving on, the shipping industry facing a new problem. It has too many containers. It seems the Fed has succeeded to a degree with creating demand destruction. After a series of large interest rate hikes, it's made it harder to borrow money, which has caused the economy to slow down. The Fed's goal is to have people to have less money to spend and for businesses to have less money to invest. And while there was a container shortage at the beginning of COVID due to high demand, now there are too many containers. 
These empty containers are sitting in container depots that are either full or almost full. Logistics firm Container Exchange says there may be insufficient depot space next year. It also says companies have slowed ordering and carriers have canceled sailings. Now, this is a big deal because the vast majority of international trade happens on container ships. It's the cheapest way to transport goods. And this is happening at a time when there's typically high spending because, you know, Christmas right around the corner. So really, this is a a sign demand is really going down. And the biggest truck brokerage firm in the world, C.H. Robinson, recently made a, a mass layoff, one of the biggest in the history of truck brokerage. This is the business of connecting those who want to ship goods with those who can ship goods for them. It's firing around 650 employees, and many of them are high-level positions at the vice president and general manager level. The company said it didn't expect truck transportation demand to fall as quickly as it did. We reached out to C.H. Robinson, but declined to comment. Someone who's seeing this lower demand firsthand is George Mora. We spoke to him earlier. He's the CEO of trucking firm Southern Companies. His firm operates through six locations in the southern part of the country. He says the southeast, thankfully, isn't doing as bad as other parts of the country. You'll have some drivers sitting around not working possibly every day, maybe every other day, or maybe three to four days a week out of five. Um, So you'll you'll see that. But we're still above pre-COVID levels, which is 2019. Volume-wise, we're still above that. Um, So I just think we're coming off a very big high, and I think it's going to moderate. Morris says that before, customers would pay whatever it took to get goods out of the port. Now they're trying to haggle prices. He says it's very simple. It's all about supply and demand. We'll see how bad that gets, but we're just starting to see that cycle now of more drivers in the market, uh, shippers asking for discounts. So we're starting to see that, and that's going to drive inflation to come down eventually. It does take time, but as I charge less for my products, that trickles down to the end consumer eventually. Unlike many, though, Mora has an optimistic view of the future. He questions how long an upcoming recession could last when the unemployment rate is so low. It's 3.7%. He believes there will be more of a slowdown, mainly because the Fed is raising rates. But then he sees things getting better in the second half of 2023 and even better in 2024. Moving on. Looks like China is starting to get worried about its economy. Today, the country eased its zero-COVID policies slightly. Stocks rallied and residents were happy. NTD's Colin Fredrickson has more. Chinese markets rallied after China eased some COVID curbs. Shanghai's CSI 300 jumped almost 3%, and the yuan strengthened as well. Also, foreign investors bought $2.1 billion worth of Chinese shares. This was the biggest amount in two months. China Friday shortened the mandatory quarantine period from seven days to five. This applies to close contacts of infected people and inbound travelers. The move was welcomed by some Chinese residents. They're pleased that China is changing its contact tracing rules. I think the control and prevention measures, it's not feasible to have 10 people sacrificing for one person's actions if they get infected, because this affects the local economic situation. Even though China will still try to identify close contacts, it will stop trying to identify secondary contacts. This was a major annoyance for infection-free residents who got caught up in virus tracing efforts. 
I'm happy with today's announcement about the shortening of the quarantine period. Nowadays, I'm mostly working outside of Beijing. If this is the case, it's good for everyone. I feel really relaxed. Because of the previous restrictions, it was inconvenient for us to go out for travel or business trips. Both people around me and myself were a little depressed about it. Everyone was very happy when this policy was announced today. Loosening these rules came a day after a meeting of China's top decision-making body, which is called the Politburo Standing Committee. The committee talked about lowering the impacts of virus curbs on the economy. However, Goldman Sachs described the move as marginal. In a note today, it said, quote, the impact of such changes on domestic economic activity is likely to be limited as long as the zero COVID policy remains. And it does seem like the policy is here to stay for now. The China National Health Commission said the country would not relax its zero COVID policies altogether. Colin Fredrickson, NTD News. If you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, flying anywhere for Thanksgiving? We take a look at which U.S. airports are expected to be the busiest. And Amazon unveiling a new warehouse robot. What can it do to lessen the load? That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. Amazon has announced a new robot called Sparrow. The company says Sparrow is its first warehouse robot that can detect, select, and handle individual products. The company says the machine can recognize and handle millions of items and will reduce the repetitive repetitive tasks human workers have to do. Amazon has focused heavily on automation as it faces a shrinking pool of workers. Amazon's post announcing the robot doesn't say exactly how it plans to use Sparrow, but Amazon says its robots aren't replacing human jobs. And Keanu Reeves will be back in theaters as John Wick in the coming year. We have our first look in today's movie news minute. Man has to look his best when it's time to get married or buried. I'm going to need a gun. Here's your first look at John Wick Chapter 4. Keanu Reeves steps back into the shoes of the professional assassin as Wick seeks to remove the price on his head placed in the previous film. John Wick Chapter 4 storms into theaters March 24th, 2023. We love you both, so let's figure something out. First, we have people write down challenges. We put them in a hat, mix them up. The winner gets to stay. A couple calling it quits have to battle it out to see who gets to keep going to their favorite watering hole in Bar Fight. The uncoupled comedy arrives in theaters and VOD today. What used to be the problem? We met years ago. Tina. And this is my daughter, Kate. Oh, this is my son, Sam. Nice to meet you, Sam. Nice to meet you too, Kate. Wait, there are more introductions to be made. As Dustin Hoffman stars alongside his son, Jake Hoffman, and Sissy Spacek plays on-screen mom to her real-world daughter, Skylar Fisk, in the family dramedy Sam and Kate, now playing in theaters. 
turkeys can't fly, but they can cause many Americans to take to the air. Travel app Hopper predicts 70% of people in the U.S. will leave home for Thanksgiving. The company says roughly 3.3 million people will be hitting the road the Sunday before Thanksgiving Thursday. According to their findings, Atlanta's Hartsfield-Jackson International will be the busiest airport in the U.S., followed by Dallas-Fort Worth and Denver International. Others in the top 10 include JFK in New York City and LAX in Los Angeles. It's now sweater weather, and ugly holiday sweater, sweater events will be coming up soon. And Pillsbury has the perfect sweater for you, starring its famous Doughboy. It has the Doughboy on the front, and if you press his stomach, he says his iconic ho-ho. It has a scannable croissant roll on the left-hand sleeve that unlocks seasonal recipes, holiday playlists, tips for banking, and inspiration on your smartphone. The limited edition sweater is available at shop.pillsbury.com for $75 while supplies last. And now over to France, where colorful circus figures, hanging gardens, and playful clowns are the stars of the day. That's as Printemps department store in Paris kicked off the holiday season. The traditional window display in the run-up to Christmas brings joy to passerbys. NTD's France correspondent David Vavez has the details. Preparing for Christmas is a serious business and therefore requires dedication. In Paris, the iconic Printemps department store unveiled its traditional window displays on Wednesday. Oscar-nominated actress Isabelle Huppert and supermodel Naomi Campbell were the guests of honor. Then it's just like extra lights, you know, it's already the city of lights, but then you've got extra lights and it's just magical. But I feel like of what we've been through in these last few years of a little bit of cheer and fantasy and imagination is important. This year's windows feature a circus theme with funny animals and playful clowns. Trapeze acrobats swing around while parrots play saxophone. On his hot air balloon, Santa supervises the circus crew. Additionally, over two miles of green garden lights have been installed along the street. It takes one year of preparation to pick the theme and then work on the dummies. Then it takes three weeks to set up the display. The green lights and green backdrop seem to echo a new ecological awareness for the setup. Printemps CEO says the store is switching to LED lights. And these little characters won't dance all night long like previous years. They will have some time off to help the store save energy. We have uh, another strong plan to reduce uh, the time of uh, illumination for our windows. We started already in September 8, uh, turning the store black and dark when it's closed. And for Christmas we have a special effort, we reduce by 20% the uh, hours of opening of our animated windows. This French tourist who came to see the displays approves of the energy saving measures. Maybe we can turn them off a bit earlier, but we have to keep this magic. During the early evening, when there are a lot of people, and when we see people who take photos of the windows, they appreciate this. The window displays will stay until the first week of January. David Vives, NTD News, Paris. And that's all from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter if you're there. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, email us at business at ntd.com. That's all for today. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next week.